Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. What's going on, everybody? We're back. It's the Sooners Illustrated Podcast, episode 27, on this Monday, October 16th, 2023. Josh Calloway, Tom Green, James D. Jackson, freshed, charged back up after the bye week. How are you guys feeling? Did you guys t- enjoy the weekend away from covering a game, and we're ready to go on the second half of the season, I hope? Yeah, it was great. Um, I personally went out to... Pacific Northwest did some hiking for a couple days so my legs are feeling pretty sore right now from climbing some mountains but uh it was nice to get away great weather and just like you said recharge for the second half of the season yeah man I was hoping to get a little bit more rest my wife wakes up on Saturday and says you know what I want to paint the house so that's what we're doing we're painting the entire house and I'm still dealing with that situation but yeah pretty fun stuff got out to some high school games this week. Got yeah. to see some stuff. Dylan Gabriel made a surprise appearance out there at Carl Albert, one of one of the one of the best schools in the country. You got to say, uh, pretty good stuff. Yeah, another blowout win uh, for the Carl Albert Sooners, basically uh, <laughs> over the future Sooners. Uh, yeah, no, good weekend. Just nice to have a weekend where you can just kind of watch college football and uh, not have to cover a game and you know right in the middle of the year, which is nice. You know, so we did six games by week, six more to go. Probably a seventh if Oklahoma get to that big title game, but we'll obviously worry about that down the road. But we're ready. I'm fired up. I'm pumped up. Feels like that Texas game was forever. Um, it's kind of I'm ready to see the team play another game. Um, so we get the chance to do that this week. Oklahoma UCF coming up on Saturday back in Norman, 11 a.m. kick. We're all going to be there, of course, and we're going to break down that game in full on Thursday. We'll touch on it a little bit in today's show. Should be a shorter Monday program. Obviously, no game to break down like we usually do on Mondays. But we have a few things we wanted to touch on and hit on as we get officially now into the second half of the season. Small disclaimer for me personally, my wife is out of town right now, so I have nobody to crown my dogs during the show. Usually I stick them in their office back uh, back in her office during these shows. So if you hear a dog bark in the background or a little one hop in my lap or something during the show, that's why, full disclaimer, and apologies in advance for when that inevitably does happen over the next couple of shows here that we're going to do. So hopefully they stay good. And we can knock it out. But excited to be back and ready with you guys. Oklahoma UCF this weekend. Want to start off talking, like we said, I have a few things we wanted to hit on. 
Let's first start with Angel Anthony. So we didn't talk about this yet. We talked about it a little bit on Monday before Brent Venables confirmed it. So obviously we knew he was hurt. We got hurt in the Texas game. It felt like it could be serious. We kind of speculated a little bit on Monday that he may be out a bit. And Brent Venables that night after practice, you know, officially confirmed it that he's going to have surgery done for the season. So my question here, guys, obviously it's a big loss. I don't think anybody would say it's not. He was arguably Oklahoma's best receiver so far this year. I mean, certainly he was over the first few games. So Lil Farouk came around and really started getting going the last couple of games, obviously in the Texas game especially. But how, how big a deal is it, I guess? Obviously this receiver core has been really deep. There's lots of guys they can turn to here. How do you kind of assess the loss for Oklahoma moving forward uh, without Andrell, um, obviously done for the year? And who needs to step up in his absence now moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough loss. I mean, Andrew Anthony has been arguably their best transfer pickup this year. Um, leads the team in receiving yards, 429. Second in receptions with 27 behind Drake Stoops. Uh, second in target share, but, you know, just behind Drake Stoops. So he was an integral part of this offense. And, you know, someone that, you know, we talked about it, you could pretty much set your watch to Dylan Gabriel looking for him on the first passing play of the game. Uh, it seems like, you know, they built a really good rapport in a short short amount of time. So it, it's a tough loss for that. You know, he was averaging 16 yards per catch. He had 200-yard games. Um, you know, he was just a fixture in that offense in that starting lineup there with Joel Farouk and Drake Stoops. Um, tough loss, but again, this – wide receiver room is a lot deeper than we anticipated it being coming into the season. Um, I think it's been probably, the, you know, along with the defensive turnaround, the biggest surprise of this team so far. Um, you know, they've had multiple guys step up. And, you know, I, I think there's certainly a few candidates, and I'm sure we'll kind of go through them about who's going to kind of see a bigger role or fill that void. But I think that they can take solace in the fact that they have – several proven guys now through these first six games that they probably feel comfortable with getting more snaps, more targets, and kind of, you know, fill that void. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's it's a major loss. I mean, it's, you, you, you can't say it without. I mean, he's he's a guy that was having a great season and was, I mean, they're, they're the deep threat of this team. I mean, you see other guys can step up and make those plays, but it's like he was like the guaranteed guy. Dylan Gabriel seems to have like, the best connection down the field with Andrew Anthony. So losing him uh, hurts, hurts a lot. I think it hurts a lot. Now, you asked who should step up. I think mm -hmm. it's the big guy that always comes through when you need him most, and that's Nick Anderson. Maybe he's the guy that is now the down the field uh, receiver. So, sure. you know, Jaleel Fruit can, can kind of still play the same role he was playing, just, you know, being being a guy that can go downfield sometimes but also be a possession guy that can make a big play when you need him, he's a guy that can make guys miss. So you just give him the ball, medium range throw and things like that. And then he can go deep. I think Nick Anderson has to be the guy now to step up and, and take on that role. And maybe we'll see a little bit more of Jacques Petaway now that, now that uh, yeah. Andrew Anthony's out. Maybe he's a guy that can step up in there and get some more playing time, which would be good for him, you know, as a younger guy coming in. Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced that Jacquez Petway is going to see a lot more time just because he's been more of a slot guy and Andre's been one of those outside receivers. I do think that Nick Anderson probably stands to, you know, he's the logical guy to step into that starting role um, alongside sure. Jalil and Drake. I think Jalil is probably the guy that, I don't want to say benefits because, you know, you're losing your top receiver, but he's the guy that maybe asked to do the most um, just because we've seen him kind of hit his stride these last few weeks. 
you know, he's been the team's leading receiver three of the last four games. He's a guy that, you know, coming into the year, we thought was going to be the favorite to be this team's leading receiver. And I think he's going to see an increased target share. Uh, just, you know, someone that Dylan Gabriel is obviously comfortable with too. Um, him, him and Drake, uh, you know, Drake is first on the team in receptions and targets. Jalil is right there behind Andrew Anthony by, you know, not a wide margin. But you look at those three guys, they've, they've all played about 300 snaps those three uh Jalil Farouk's played the most among all the receivers I think he's at 350 actually um and then there's a drop off to that next tier of guys like Nick Anderson he's played like 164 snaps but his his workload's going to go up in the coming weeks I mean he's been a guy that has obviously come through in big spots had the game winner against Texas has six touchdowns over the last what four games for them um, so he's really coming to his own now that he's healthy. I think Jaden Gibson's going to see some more time too. Yeah, you know he's a guy. He's only you know played you know ninety two snaps on the year, but you know he leads the team in yards per catch at twenty six and a half uh, yards per route run at three point five. His average depth of target is basically twenty two yards downfield, and you know he's caught three of the four contested balls thrown his way. I mean he's a, he's a guy that's shown to have sure hands and kind of shake that. Uh, you know, that reputation that he had the last year of, you mm-hmm. know, dropping some passes. So I think he's going to get counted on a little bit more, but I'm with James. Nick Anderson's going to be the guy that steps into that starting role, but I still think Joel Farouk's going to just, you know, his value is going to go up. And it's not it's not a bad spot to be in with Jaleel Fruit kind of get a, a, a higher workload now in this game. I mean, we we thought that he was going to be the guy coming in anyway. So Andrew Anthony was kind of that surprise guy that we didn't know what he was going to do, how he was going to affect the offense and, until he did. So having Jaleel Farouk be that guy. But, but yeah, yeah, Tom did. Yeah, I'll give Tom yeah. his props on that. No, and Farouk is, is coming around at the right time. Yeah, know? exactly. Before this injury, Farouk, you know, had started to really have some big games. Obviously, we know what he did in the in the Cotton Bowl last weekend. Um, agree with everything you guys are saying. I would maybe also toss Brennan Thompson in yeah, there as a burner, just a deep threat, speed guy. You know, obviously, again, another guy we kind of saw starting to come around. Kind of his breakout was that Iowa State game. You know, can does he get more run and more into the mix? Is probably a question mark. And then also, I just feel like honestly, more stress kind of falls on that run game a little bit. We've talked about it a ton. They haven't ran the ball that well. They've gotten away with it so far this season, um, largely because it just didn't matter because they were dominating teams. And then against Texas, it didn't matter because Dylan Gabriel ran all over the place. Mm-hmm. But if they do get into a slugfest game with whoever, I don't know, we'll say Kansas, a shootout next week in Lawrence and they're not able to run the ball. Is it going to be as easy to find a way through that without one of your best receivers? I don't know. I mean, well, that remains to be seen, I guess. So we'll see. Um, it's a big loss. Like James said, it is also just a bummer because obviously Andrell is um, a guy who was very underutilized at Michigan. Yep. seemed to really yep. enjoy his time here. He seemed like a great fit. Oklahoma loved him. He loved being there. Him and Dylan mm-hmm. had a great connection. We like talking to him after practice and after games. It just kind of stinks. Just human element just stinks that he's uh, banged up and will miss the rest of the year. But he'll be back next year. Obviously, will be a big piece of Jackson Arnold's first year uh, at Oklahoma now, moving into the SEC next season. So we'll see how that all shakes out, you know, uh, coming up just this weekend. Who kind of gets more run? Is it Petaway? Things like that. We'll get a little peek into that this weekend for sure. Other things. So we've talked about it a little bit. Obviously, after the Texas game especially, Dylan Gabriel getting into the Heisman mix um, and, you know, getting the chance this weekend, like I said, to kind of watch more college football and watch a little more ESPN and things like that. He's right. He, he's one of the first names mentioned now. And obviously it helped 
on Saturday that a couple other candidates kind of faded back a little. Bo Nix maybe faded back a little. Caleb Williams certainly faded back a little after a rough game in South Bend. The betting favorite right now is Michael Penix with Washington, but Dylan Gabriel is right on his tail. So, guys, as we move into the second half of the season, I'm just kind of curious your temperature check on Gabriel's Heisman candidacy, his, his chance at this. What does he need to do the rest of the way? Does he need Penix to fade back? Does it hurt him that he doesn't have a lot of big games left? Just kind of, I guess, the vibe check on how you feel Dylan Gabriel stands in terms of being a legit bona fide Heisman contender right now as you move into the second half of the season. Yeah, I think he's in a good spot to, at this point, you know, earn an invite to New York. Um, we'll kind of see how things play out. Uh, but the way he's played through the first half of the year, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, Caleb Williams kind of fitting a little bit. You know, Bo Nix kind of fading a little bit after that loss to Washington. But, you know, the, the three guys that should really be in discussion right now are Dylan Gabriel, Michael Penix, and Jaden Daniels over at LSU. I mean, those three guys have just been lighting it on fire. Sure. And, you know, the question is, how much is Jaden Daniels going to get dinged because LSU's defense isn't very good? Um, you know, if for LSU to keep winning, they're going to need big games from Jaden Daniels, who's – you know, completing 73% of his passes. Yeah, I think he leads the nation. Or no, he's just behind Michael Penix in passing yards. They're both at about 2,300. You know, he's got 22 touchdowns, which is second only to Caleb Williams, just three interceptions, av averaging a nation-leading 11 yards per attempt. Um, so he, he's been incredible for LSU. It's just that their right. defense has been a sieve, and everybody's been able to score a will against them against, except Auburn last week. Um, but, I mean, M Michael Penix um, – <laughs> He's been great, too. I mean, all three of these guys have been outstanding. I, I just think it's it's funny kind of watching this go from week to week because, you know, after the Red River game, yeah, everybody's like, oh, man, Dylan Gabriel, here's his Heisman moment. He gets the game winner. And then a week later, it's like, okay, Michael Penix is yeah. the, flavor, the flavor of the week because he just did the same thing against a top 10 team in his own right. Um, so it, it's funny just watching the race kind of shift week to week. But I think these three guys are the ones that are – you know, best positioned right now to make it to New York. Um, you, know, you do wonder if, you know, the back half of Oklahoma's schedule kind of like is going to take some eyes off Dylan Gabriel. So to speak. Yeah, he'll put up numbers, but yeah, yeah is he going to have those moments? Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's going to have some big games still. I mean, that can't Kansas, you know, could be ranked again when we come around. You know, Oklahoma State's, you know, been making a little surge here, and that game's always going to be crazy and intense, and it's going to have a lot of eyes on it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like Michael Penix, he still has a game against USC. Like him and Caleb Williams are going to be under the spotlight for that one. Mm -hmm. You know, LSU's still got some big games on its schedule too. I mean, all these guys are going to be under a microscope over the next six, seven weeks. Um, but for Dylan Gabriel, he just needs to keep playing at the level he's been playing at because that's what's gotten Oklahoma in this spot. And as long as Oklahoma stays relevant in, you know, this national discussion – Dylan Gabriel's name is going to be at the forefront of that Heisman discussion. Sure. Yeah, I think it's I think it's already a big deal that we're even talking Dylan Gabriel as being a Heisman candidate. I mean, like it was just like only the players, OU players were even saying it uh, as the season was, you know, starting out and things like that. Now he has his Heisman moment and it's like he's there. He's the guy. And I think I mean, we talked about, you know, Michael Penix and, and what he just did on Saturday. I mean, when you look at it, I think looking at it overall, it's, I think Dylan Gabriel's Heisman moment was a little bit bigger. I mean, honestly, it was a, against a higher-ranked team 
and it was a tougher situation i feel like one minute left no timeouts uh when you look at it th- at that way but as you said Penix has that a few more games that he can have a bigger moment in mm-hmm. and that can i think that can shape the race up pretty good because who knows when when Gabriel will have to have another big moment to win these games? Because as of right now, you think Oklahoma's defense will just halt all these teams, and then Gabriel just can just go down the field anyway and score. I mean, it's not going to be a a crazy situation. So he'll be living off of that Texas win, I think, for his Heisman candidacy for the rest of the for the rest of the year in terms of a Heisman moment. He's going to have to just put a, put together a pretty good resume and see where everything falls with the other guys that are that are up there at this point. Yeah, I think one of the things that's interesting is I saw a couple of people kind of make this point. It's like because Washington has Michael Penix, they're instantly kind of a contender. Whereas like if you look at Oklahoma, it's like, okay, they're a contender because Dylan Gabriel's really good, but the defense has been night and day from where it was last year. Um, so I, I think, you know, the national narrative, so to speak, is that Michael Penix is why Washington is where it is right now, you know, sure. fifth in the nation and, you know, kind of in the driver's seat for the Pac-12 right now. Um, whereas Oklahoma, it's more of, hey, Brent Venables was able to turn this defense around and the offense is still putting up the kind of points it was last year, but Dylan Gabriel's been better than he was last year. Um, so I, I do wonder how that kind of narrative plays out over the, you know, next couple months. But, you know, it, it's certainly – like James said, just kind of amazing that we're even talking about Dylan Gabriel in this in this discussion at this point of the year. Um, I don't think anybody really, you know, outside of that, outside of those walls, thought that you know he'd be a Heisman contender this year. Even though we all thought he'd be a very productive college quarterback, like he has been throughout his career. Um, yeah, no, I, I hope. Think, that, well, yeah, well no, I no. hope looking at that national narrative there, I hope that doesn't. That's not like the consensus at this point because this Oklahoma offense wouldn't be anywhere without what Dylan Gabriel's done. We talked about the run struggles that this team has had. Dylan Gabriel did that himself against Texas. He kind of had yeah. to do that on his own. I mean, there's no way this offense is as good as it is without Dylan Gabriel. So I hope people are paying more attention to what Dylan Gabriel has done this year. And it's not, that's not the situation going forward. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think Dylan Gabriel is going to get a lot of credit for what he's done because he's, I mean, you just look at his numbers, you know, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions, you know, averaging 10 yards or per attempt. He's got another five rushing touchdowns. But, like, what Michael Penix Jr. and Jaden Downs are doing right now are kind of, like, historic-type numbers. Um, I, I was reading uh, Bill Connolly over at ESPN this morning, and, you know, Michael Penix is putting up Joe Burrow-esque 2019 numbers, Right. While Jaden Daniels is putting up Kyler Murray type numbers from his Heisman campaign, mm-hmm. so like sure. th- they're just all putting up prolific numbers, and it's 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 fun to watch. I mean, obviously, it makes Saturdays more exciting. Um, I will say because I, I was like I said, I was up in the Pacific Northwest this weekend. I, I was really tempted to buy a last minute ticket to go see that Washington Oregon game, but it was like two hundred dollars just to get in the <laughs> in the nosebleeds. So I didn't pull the trigger on that, but uh, would have been worth it. Yeah, it was a great game. Yeah, no, I think right now for DG, the, the Penix Mountain is the one you have to find a way to climb. He's pretty firmly the favorite right now. There's a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but to kind of the point you guys both you know touched on, he has a lot of big games and a lot of more marquee moments to continue to build it. So the only way, if Penix continues to play well and Washington continues to win, he's probably the guy. But if Washington stumbles and loses, the door is going to be open. 
for Jaden Daniels, as well as he's playing, they already have two losses. It feels mm-hmm. like they absolutely have he for him to get really in the mix as a winner to me, he really needs to play very well and beat Bama in Tuscaloosa. Like they have to win that game and he has to put up big numbers. If he does that, he's gonna be in the thick of it. But yeah, I agree. I think it's those three guys. And unfortunately for DG, because of the way the schedule is, he kind of just needs those two to kind of lose a little and, and fall back to the pack because Gabriel's going to put up the numbers, but I don't know if it's going to be that visible the rest of the way. Um, obviously, as Oklahoma continues to win, people will be paying attention, but not – and they're winning games by 30, 40 points. He's not going to have the opportunity to have those kind of big moments. But we'll see. He's right in the thick of it, which is, again, kind of crazy. Um, been a heck of a year for him. And uh, that – what he – you know, like we talked about last week, that moment in the Cotton Bowl, that's his moment, and he's going to hang on that the rest of the season. So we'll see uh, – if he can get into the into New York and all that good stuff when we get there. So a lot of long ways to go, but certainly right in the thick of things, uh, as we said right now, moving into week eight. Yeah, and, and, and certainly there's going to be other names that kind of pop up. Sure, you guys finish season strong. Like, yeah, Michigan hasn't played anybody yet, but as soon as they start sure. getting some of these big games, J.J. McCarthy's going to start getting more, more attention. Um, you know, you, you have these other undefeated teams, uh, you know, Ohio State, Penn State, this award so often is like who's the best player on the best team, not necessarily the just most outstanding player. I yeah, wouldn't uh, wouldn't totally discount Marvin Harrison. Maybe if he if he can really go crazy in some of these big games, people love love that guy. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, you're right. It's, there's still a long way to go. Like yeah, you said, so long I mean, it's like it's like musical chairs at this point. Like we you talked about Michael Penix. If Washington loses or something like that, then David Dylan Gabriel takes a step ahead. If he if he keeps his his win streak going, it's kind of the same way it was with Caleb Williams. I mean, Caleb Williams seemed like the guy that was in yeah. front until he, they lost this week. So sure. that's the situation that it is, and I think that's the we're at that point right now. Uh, well, I, I think Gabriel may be ahead of, of, of LSU's quarterback at this point because of their record. Uh, so, yeah, I think so I think if yeah, even if they went out LSU, if, if Oklahoma wins out and wins every game by. 20 points like we're, we're talking about i think gabriel's still ahead of him so that's that's a good sign for gabriel i think in this situation yeah sure. it's so funny because we still have basically you know two you know two months worth of games left before yeah. this is right. and, you know if, if michael Penix didn't win that game saturday and bo nix led a game-winning drive we'd be talking about bo nix exactly exactly yep. michael Penix. Yep. um you know if usc wasn't awful at Notre Dame. We'd still be talking about Caleb Williams. Um, he just had, you know, probably his worst game ever. Um, mm-hmm. and it'll be interesting to see, you know, when him and Michael Penix go toe to toe and Michael Penix has another tough game against Oregon state up ahead. So it's right. a, it's, you know, each of these guys are going to have their opportunities to kind of shine and get their glow. And it's just a matter of who's going to be the most consistent guy. Um, and right now, I think those three have been the cream of the crop this season. Now, for those listening out there, we're not saying that these teams just have to go undefeated for their quarterback to win the Heisman or whatever it is. It's just we just mm-hmm. it just seems like it's very even this year. It seems like one of those years where it's very close and it can go either yeah. way. And that's that's what we're kind of pointing at when we're for talking sure. about this now. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to keep an eye on. You know, the back half of the year. You know, obviously. Um, you guys are both new to it, but covering Oklahoma and Oklahoma fans are very spoiled on Heisman chases the last you know, decade or so. So mm-hmm. we got another one to keep an eye on here moving to the back half of the year. We'll see if DG can get invited to New York and all that fun stuff. But got to take care of business first. 
The Sooners Illustrated Podcast. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Join Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. So, we talked about it after the Texas game. Obviously, with that win, you know, your eyes can start to get wide. And if you're a Oklahoma fan, you can really start to look at some big things. One of those things certainly is Dylan Gabriel getting into the Heisman mix. The other, obviously, is the college ball playoff, which Oklahoma is squarely in the mix for now um they already were but obviously once you win the Texas game now you can really start to think about it so guys let me ask you this you move into the second half of the season this week six games to go plus a big 12 championship game what's Oklahoma's path to the playoff look like how how cut and dry is it because obviously if they go undefeated they're, they're going to be in that's not mm-hmm. the question but where's the wiggle room in your guys mind moving forward can they lose a game can they lose the Big 12 championship game and be 12-1? and one? And maybe if some other things fall the right way, they could still slither their way in there. It happened just last year. TCU did this exact thing. Went undefeated, lost the Big 12 championship game, got in. So it was far from unheard of. It happened one season ago. So as we move into this back half of the schedule, how are you guys kind of feeling about what Oklahoma needs to do? Obviously, again, if they win their games, it's not going to be a discussion. But the win over Texas probably gives them a little bit of wiggle room. What's kind of the feel right now for Oklahoma's playoff chances as we move into the back half of the season? I doubt that it'll be – I just wrote this in my column today. That's that's why I'm jumping in at it. Um, I doubt Oklahoma can lose any game besides the Big 12 championship game and get in at this point, just based on the caliber of the opponents they're going to play. Like Kansas right. is pretty good, but we don't know. Is Jalen Daniels actually going to play in that one? Will they actually look like a top 20, oh, 20 or 30 team in the, in the country? At that point, because that's that's only that's where they're at when he's in the game, but he's just hasn't been there. I mean, there's no way that Oklahoma, I don't think, can lose one of those games and win the Big 12 championship and get in. But I mean, you never know. I mean, you, looking at the landscape of everything, a lot of other teams could lose as well. But I think as of right now, I think OU is just in the driver's seat for whatever destiny they want. You know, you, you talked about it. They 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 get they they win the rest of their games. They're in. And it's, that's just, it's as simple as that. I mean, it's, sure. it's, you go one and zero every week is what the the players have been saying all season long, and that's the case. I feel like as of right now. Yeah, I I don't know how much wiggle room they have right now. I do think there's a scenario where you know they go undefeated in the regular season and then lose another close one in a rematch with Texas, and like yeah. they could still get in like TCU did last year. I think the best case for Oklahoma, if it were to lose one of its last six games. And again, it's a very favorable schedule. You know, they're going to be favored in pretty much all these games the last half of the season. But they want, they're going to want Kansas, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia to keep winning. Those teams, like Kansas has been in and out of the rankings the last couple of weeks. The other two have received votes. 
in the polls. So they're obviously Oklahoma State's been playing a lot better than they did early in the season. West Virginia's you know been surprising a lot of teams. I know they just lost on the Hail Mary. Yeah, brutal loss. Brutal, brutal the loss to Houston. That's not a team you want to be losing to. Um, but the better that those teams do, the better it kind of helps Oklahoma's strength of schedule. Um, so if it does drop one of those games that doesn't look as bad. Um, I think those are the three probably toughest games remaining on their schedule, which is not something I expected to say going into the year. I mean, Kansas, we all thought was going to be pretty good, but Oklahoma State and West Virginia have been a bit of a surprise. So if they were to lose a game in the regular season, it would be one of the – losing one of those would be still give them their best path to a playoff if they were to lose. Um, but again, I still expect them to be favored, and they have a pretty good chance right now. I think of finishing the year twelve and zero, heading into the Big Twelve championship game. But so much of it is going to depend on what happens around them. Oh yeah, he's sure. ahead of them. I mean, Washington still has that game against USC, the game against Oregon State. You could use Pac twelve carnage to yeah. help you. Yeah, yeah, Pac twelve carnage, Big Ten carnage because Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State all play each other. You got one of those games this weekend. It's going to be a big one. Georgia is going to be without Brock Bowers for a few weeks. See how that impacts them because, you know, they still have Mizzou, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and the SEC championship game ahead of them. That's not even including a a game against Florida. Um, And then FSU, Duke, Miami, Florida, you know, plus ACC championship game where, you know, who who knows who the, who the, who they will see in that one. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's, it seems like the teams in front of them right now just have a couple more hurdles to, you know, get unscathed to the end of the season, whereas Oklahoma's got an easier path right now just by the nature of their schedule not being as daunting as it was last year. Um, but I think they have a little bit of wiggle room. I just don't know how much right now. Yeah, I, I do think that Oklahoma can probably lose a game and, and make it in. Um it is tough, but I, I, you know, even with the schedule being what it is, I, I think the Texas win bought them some cushion. I, I just have a hard time, I guess. If Oklahoma wins the Big 12 and they're 12 and 1 and you beat Texas presumably twice in this scenario, um, it, it's hard for me to picture them not still finding a way to get in, but it will depend on some other things, of course, because the loss will be bad just by, by looking at the schedule, no matter who it is, it's not going to be great. I mean, yeah, you lose at Kansas, it's not horrible, but. You know, Texas obviously whacked Kansas, and that game was in Austin, but they did. They did. Um, Oklahoma State just beat Kansas this weekend. You know what I mean? So I still think Oklahoma's got enough wiggle room that they could lose a game and find a way, but it, it won't be crystal clear. I think it's probably less likely, honestly, that they could lose a Big 12 title game because assuming it's against Texas, if Texas goes on, you know, wins the rest of the way, and they're 12 and 1, and Oklahoma's 12 and 1, and they split. I have to assume Texas will get the nod because they have the Bama win and they'll have won the more recent matchup, which we've seen kind of, you know, uh, whatever the word is I'm looking for there. We've seen it before. So, you know, there's there's reason to believe that would be the case if that were to go that way. So it's going to be fun to see how it shakes out. Like we said, kind of disclaimer on this whole conversation is a lot of it's going to depend on what else happens around the country. Obviously, Oklahoma knows if they win the rest of their games, they're going to be fine. I do think that 12 and 1 Big 12 champ Oklahoma will probably still be fine, but you leave yourself up to kind of uh, the mercy of what else happens at that point. So it'll be fun to watch and see the chaos. These things have a way of kind of working themselves out. More, more often than not, it's been pretty clear what the four teams are. Um, and so we'll see if uh, Oklahoma can just take care of their business and be there at the end. But we're fun that, to watch how it plays out. And that's, that's, that's what you don't, you want to avoid, I think. 
it, like if they they could lose one, I guess yes, and still get in. But it's just like the recency bias that there is. Like when like if you just saw a team lose, and if Oklahoma loses a game, it'll be a bad loss. I mean, there's no doubt about right, it. Right, right. It's not the big. It's only bad losses left. It it would be a bad loss, and I, I think it seems like looking at the at the AP poll, we know it's not the the college football playoff. You know how they judge things, but the AP poll. I mean, Oklahoma falls a spot in a bye week after Washington beats Oregon, who was not as ranked as high as Texas. It, it yeah, doesn't make any sense. sense. It's like yeah. they're, they're they're looking for reasons to get Oklahoma out of there. And so I think as OU, hopefully it doesn't carry over to the, the playoff committee, but you don't want to take that chance. I mean, I don't know if, if losing one could could get them in just because of that. Like, it's just like they're looking for reasons not to put them in there. I don't, I don't know what it is, but that's what the case is this year for OU. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, yeah, Washington jumping. Not that it doesn't mean anything, but Washington jumping. Oklahoma and the AP poll makes no sense uh, to me. Uh, like James kind of pointed out, you beat a higher-ranked team in a neutral setting as opposed to Oregon at home. How does that enough to lift you mm-hmm. over? You know, I don't. doesn't really make sense. It also goes to the point that I've been making for years that they, the AP poll and the playoff committee as well, they favor offense. They tend to favor offensively. Washington's put up these crazy numbers. The defense isn't great. Oklahoma is more balanced this year. They, they've always kind of favored teams that score a lot of points as opposed to the other way around. It, it was played at Oklahoma's benefit uh, for a long time, uh, obviously in the Lincoln Riley era. But So that was always kind of a weird thing too. But, yeah, going to be fun to watch the back half of the season. That's for sure. Tom, you had anything else? Yeah, I was going to say – I. I know it's just one week and it's you know a little bit of recency bias because of Washington's throwing win. I don't have so much a problem with Washington kind of jumping up with Oklahoma. They look great off yeah. this week. It's more so that like, okay, Georgia. I mean, Michigan's just been steamrolling everybody, but like the other teams ahead of them, it's like, okay, who have you really beaten at this point of the season? Like, Georgia's going to be Georgia, but they're kind of riding on the benefit of being the back-to-back champs right now. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're judging them based off just their resume this year, then yeah, Oklahoma and Washington are probably one and two right now in some order, um, just because by the nature they have the two best wins in the country this season. Um, like like James said, it'll all sort itself out. Um, you know, if Oklahoma takes care of business; they'll be in the playoffs. How much wiggle room they have, how much margin of error remains to be seen. But you know, they've been taking it one week at a time, and they've been going out there and handling their business each week. So. Sure. It's going to be fun to watch the rest of the way. We talk about it one week at a time. Next up is UCF. Obviously, um, everybody knows by now, Thursday will be our full game preview uh, of this one. And we'll kind of lock our official picks and everything we're watching for, things like that. But we'll talk about it a little bit on the way out of here. Some early thoughts on this game. Uh, obviously, a lot of storylines here for obvious reasons. Dylan Gabriel going against his former team. Same said for Jeff Levy. Of course, the Tom Green, Gus Malzahn reunited uh, that everybody – that's the big talk across the country is really? Tom and Gus getting back together. Um, John Reese Plumley, their quarterback, back per malls on today. Early thoughts on this game. Uh, so UCF coming Norman, they're three and three. They're kind of hard to know what to make of them because Plumley has been out. They have some really gross games this season. Uh, obviously, I think a lot of people probably remember they were up on Baylor by 28 points and blew it. And Baylor is not good. And UCF blew that game. They've had a couple ugly games. Kansas absolutely whacked them. But again, Plumlee was out, so it's like, what do you do with it? They're three and three. They haven't won a Big Twelve game yet. They come to Norman. Oklahoma's going to be a solid favorite. I think about nineteen or so is kind of where it's hovering right now on Monday. 
Early thoughts in this game. Oklahoma going to be a solid favorite coming out of the bye week. Any concern really for the Sooners here, or is it just kind of you do your thing, you'll be fine? I think John Reese Plumley being back and healthy makes it a little bit more intriguing sure. for UCF. Um, I will say, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but Gus Malzahn historically has a very good coaching record coming off a of bye week, and UCF mm-hmm. had a bye week last week. So, you know, him having an extra week to prepare uh, does kind of – you know, raise my eyebrow a little bit. I still think this is a game that Oklahoma should control and, you know, probably win pretty handily just because, you know, I, I think there's some growing pains for UCF this year in this transition year to the Big 12. You know, they haven't won a, a conference game yet. You know, had a couple tough losses there. Again, doing it without their starting quarterback. But I don't think that this is going to be a game where Oklahoma stumbles. Yeah, as Tom said, they, they, UCF hasn't had a conference uh, win yet. I, I doubt they'll come in and beat the top team in the conference at this point. Now, getting a starting quarterback back does help, but I, I don't, I don't see that as something that can, that can halt the, just mess up Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma's seen better yeah. quarterbacks, I think, this season, uh, than what he is. No, no disrespect to him saying that, but overall, I think Oklahoma's defense has seen better quarterbacks. And I think you talked about, you know, UCF having the bye week to kind of, you know, do their thing and, and regroup and, and look at Oklahoma more closely than they would have a different opponent. Oklahoma has the same situation. They they can look at it and see what's going on. And you have yeah. like Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy over there that, that have kind of been a part of that program a little bit to kind of know what how they do things over there. It kind of helps out, I feel like, in knowing your opponent before you, you prepare for them and stuff like that. So I feel like OU should win this game pretty handedly uh, coming this week. Yeah, the schedule really worked out very nicely for Oklahoma here. Uh, having the bye week after the Texas game, um, I think, really helps because it just that was a big emotional win. Um, we're still buzzing about it, you know. The team is, and the state of Oklahoma is. So to have a few days to kind of just get to enjoy it and not have to worry about another game, I think it's nice. I think Oklahoma's going to come back this week, and we're going to talk to players tonight after practice. I think there will be a lot of Texas games done. You know, we had a full week to kind of celebrate it. It's done. We're on to the next one. Um, we're recharged, kind of like we talked about at the beginning of the show, that we're recharged and ready to get back to it. I think the team is probably going to be recharged and ready to get back to it. So they'll be locked in. Uh, Plumlee can move around a little bit, but Oklahoma's shown ability to kind of handle that. You know, they did so with Emory Jones and things like that. So we'll see how that uh, shakes out. But I think a lot of reasons for Oklahoma to be confident, certainly, going into this game. And the crowd should be, even though it's a 11 a.m. kick, I would think the crowd is going to be great because uh, fans are very excited about this team and program right now. And, uh, yeah, revenge game for Dylan Gabriel. I mean, I don't think he has any ill will toward UCF, but you still, I mean, you play your old team no matter no matter what the circumstances, you want to light them up. It's just mm-hmm. the way – that's just the way it is. So yeah. I imagine that for him um, and the guys around him rallying around him playing his former team, they'll be up and ready to go. So I'm not worried at all about a letdown or anything like that. I think Oklahoma's going to be locked in, and they'll put together a pretty good performance. Yeah, Oklahoma doesn't seem like the team that would get complacent or anything like that. They they know their goals this year. So I know they, they took a lot of time to celebrate their win over Texas and had a lot of things going on. But I just don't sure. see like a, a Venables-led team to get complacent in this situation sure. and come out with a dud or something like that. I just feel like they'll come out ready to go. 100%. Looking forward to it. Like I said, it feels like it's been a long time since they, that, since they played. <laughs> that Texas game feels like forever ago. We're excited to get back up down to Norman uh, today to talk to players after practice. Keep an eye out on Oklahoma.247sports.com. Of course, the YouTube channel for that. Tomorrow, the Venables Presser. More players. And later this week, Thursday, we'll have our game preview show. And, of course, the game on Saturday. 
become a VIP subscriber. We picked up a lot over the Texas weekend. We're pumped. We're fired up for the second half of this season. Um, I feel like it's going to be a fun, fun ride through the back half of the year and uh, where this team might take us uh, after that. So you're going to want to become a VIP subscriber and be along for the ride on Oklahoma.247sports.com. That's it for today. We'll be back on Thursday, like I said, to preview this matchup. Colin Kenny will also hop in for all the latest recruiting news and give his thoughts on the Sooners matchup with the Knights on Saturday. Ian Norman, don't miss that one. Apple, Spotify, the website, YouTube. Lots of places to get it, however you do. Please do like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. We'll see you then. For Tom Green, James D. Jackson, I'm Josh Calloway. We'll catch you guys Thursday for the next edition of the Sooners Illustrated Podcast. See you. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.